Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. I saw them all like conspiring to do something before I am like, oh Lord, help us. Um, are you guys excited this morning? Yeah. Woo! I'll tell you right now, 9.15 felt like a revival. So <laughs> bodies everywhere, you're stepping over them. But man, if you don't know me, my name is Samuel. Like they said, I'm one of the youth pastors. I co-pastor these amazing kids and a bunch that aren't here today. But with my wife, Kirsten Warden, we have three kids. Three beautiful kids. One is Cadence Grace. She's sitting up there. She's the best. Then we've got Evie, who is two. And then we have another son who just happens to show up three months earlier. His name is Judah Dean Warden. He is awesome. And yes, I have three kids. I do. Someone asked me, do you really have three kids? And I said, yes, I do. (laughs) Like, I actually have them. They're amazing. I love family. I believe the kingdom operates and functions best in family. And that's one thing that we we pour our hearts into is our kids and, and our marriage. But... Today, I get to start off a fun little series called Fresh. I'm ready for fire, are you? I, uh, I already feel Holy Spirit in here. Does anybody else feel Holy Spirit starting to move? Yeah, he's going to get a lot of you, so it's fine. You know, I think one of the most important things for me as a youth pastor is if I title my message. Because when you're talking to youth, I love you guys, but they zone out every five seconds sometimes. So you got to say a title that's memorable. So our title today is On the Altar. So if you're taking notes, you want brownie points in heaven, or maybe you're single and you see that girl across the way and you're like, hey, boo-boo, I'm taking notes. (laughs) Title it On the Altar. And what this has to do with is maybe, maybe you said I've given my yes to Jesus. Maybe you haven't given your yes to Jesus, but you haven't placed everything on the altar of your life. Maybe you've placed the good things. But all the things that you're hiding or all the things that you think disqualify you have been sitting on the side. But today, we're going to place it all on the altar. So let's invite Holy Spirit in and then we will get started. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your power that's being released on some people right now. Yeah, Holy Spirit, we love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So today we're talking about Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Anybody ever heard that story before? Some of us. If you haven't, it's amazing. You should read all of 1 Kings. It's got great stories in there. But before we get to like the good part, I've got to take us back to the not good part, okay? And so what's going on in this time era in Kings Israel is serving multiple gods. There's political unrest. They actually don't know who the Lord is. There's chaos amongst everybody. Does it feel like 2020 or 2021-ish, right? They don't know who the Lord is. And there's these things happening. And, and, And this man named Elijah, he's a prophet. He's a prophet of the Lord, used mightily by the Lord. And he prophesies that a drought is happening. 
And this drought actually dries up all the land, all the water. The animals begin to die off. This is turmoil for everybody living here. For me, if I'm being completely honest, the last year has felt like a drought. And so Elijah prophesies this, and then he goes and hides. The Lord hides him away. He's one of the last prophets. And what begins to happen is this king named Ahab, he actually starts this worshiping of Baal, and he puts 450 prophets. Isn't it funny that another guy needs 450, but we only need one anyway? Like, sorry, sidetrack. My mind just went off. <laughs> but 450 prophets, they begin to worship, and another 400 for another God, and they kind of take over. And the Lord calls Elijah out of hiding, and he encounters this man named Obadiah. Where do we get these names from? I just have to ask God. Like, nothing against Obadiah, but like, it couldn't be like Obi-Wan or just Obi, like something short. But Obadiah comes in contact with Elijah. He meets Elijah, falls on his face and says, Elijah, is this truly you? And Elijah goes, yep, it's me, bud. And so he's like, what do I, what do I tell King Ahab? And he goes, tell him that I'm here. And we'll just call him Obi for now, okay? We're just going to do that. Obi's like, um, yeah, if I say that and you're not there, he's going to kill me. Let's try again. And Elijah goes, okay, so just tell him that I'm here, and that's it. And Obi again is like, no, I don't want to die. <laughs> and so he, Elijah goes, let's come to a truce, okay? Here we go. You tell him I'm here, and I'll show, himself, I'll show myself to him this very day. And so Obi's like, okay, done. He leaves, runs, tells King Ahab, and King Ahab's like, mm, no, okay, let's go find out. So he meets up with Elijah, and they have this conversation. And what you have to know is that Elijah was, they weren't hunting Elijah to go pat him on the back. They were sent to kill him. So Elijah meets with King Ahab and goes, hey, I've got a preposition for you. So King Ahab goes, okay. He goes, I want you to take your 450 prophets and I want you to meet me on Mount Carmel. And King Ahab's like, um, okay. And he goes, then we will see whose God is God. And so <laughs> King Ahab says, okay, what are the battle rules, right? Like, what are the rules? And so you've got Elijah. He says, we're going to have two bowls. You guys get to pick one for you guys, one for me. We'll sacrifice them on an altar, and we will not set fire to it. But whosoever God rains down fire, that is the Lord. Now, for me being 28, I'm going to be honest, when I read this, I'm like WWE announcer voice. Like, and now standing in at six foot four, the prophet Elijah versus the Alpha and Omega God versus any of these 450 prophets. Like, it's this thing that's happening. There's something that's in Elijah, this faith that whatever he places on the altar will get burned up. And so they meet him at Mount Carmel, and funny thing is Mount Carmel actually means vineyard of God. I don't know about you, but that just gave me hope for the church I'm sitting in called Vineyard. Vineyard of God. And so they get there, and the prophets of Baal, 450. They, they do this sacrifice, they, they build an altar, they place the wood on it, they cut the bowl up and place it on it and begin to like dance around it, singing loudly, and guess what? Nothing happened. And so our boy Elijah, like, our boy Elijah's kind of like, I'm just going to say, like, kind of like a like savage in this moment, like gangster Jesus moment. Like, he's like, maybe, uh, maybe you should sing louder. 
because uh, he's not doing anything. Oh, I forgot, he's at the bathroom. Uh, maybe you should be a little louder. Make him actually do something. And so the prophet's like, yeah! And they start like cutting themselves and doing demonic things. And I can imagine just Elijah being like, oh my Lord. Nothing happens. So that battle happens and it's now Elijah's turn. Elijah takes the 12 stones that were knocked down previously. It represents each tribe of Israel. He places them as an altar. He places the wood on the altar. He cuts the bowl, places the bowl on the altar. And I don't know what got into Elijah here. Like, if I'm being like 100% real, anytime I've ever made a fire, I don't use water. (laughs) Elijah sees four jars of water there and goes, dump them on the altar. Man, Elijah, you know God that I don't know? Like, what's going on? They dumped the four, and he goes, do it again. Now it's like, okay, come on, bro. Takes another four, dumps it on, and he goes, do it again. Can you imagine all the prophets of Baal being like, what does this God do that we don't do? Like, <laughs> so he dumps it on, it's drenched, soaked. It says it fills the trench around it. And this is where we get to pick up in 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 36 through 38. Well, 39. This is at the time of the offering of the oblation, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord. Answer me that these people may know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Isn't it interesting that he literally saturated his sacrifice with water, yet God set it on fire? So when I read this, I think, man, Elijah, you're a legend. You know what I mean? Like, you're awesome. But then I go, God, this doesn't make sense to me. I need it to make sense to me. If I'm going to believe scripture, I need it to actually, besides the fact that I know it's written by God, I need to go, I need to see it for myself. So if you're taking notes and you still want that person to be your girlfriend or boyfriend, I'm kidding. High schoolers, that's not permission, sorry. (laughs) Write this down. I want you to write the word down, the altar. The altar. The altar for me is a picture of just who I am. It's my life, good or bad. It's just me. The altar is simply you. The wood that he places on it are the things that I would say, God, you can use. God, these are flammable. My friends told me you're really moving in this area of my life, so here it is. I place it on the altar. And then the bowl, it's a picture of Jesus. His blood poured out for us, saturating us. So now when the Father sees you, he sees you for who you really are. He sees you for the real you because of Jesus. And the water, that's got to be Holy Spirit, right? We're in a charismatic movement. It's got to be. So when I was asking the Lord about this, he goes, nah, it's not me. I was like, oh, okay, well, let's figure it out. And what I felt he said to my heart was, 
The water are all the things that you've told me or you've believed that are against me or do not qualify you for my fire. Did you notice that the water saturated the whole altar? How often have we disqualified ourselves based on our own opinion? How often have we said, uh, well, because of this part of your life, you're actually not qualified anymore. The water saturated this altar. I'm about to get fired up. I'm about to Pentecostal run, Julie. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is what I love about Jesus, is that whatever you place on the altar of your life, he consumes, right? Anything, any good, bad, ugly, the song worthy of it all actually means everything. So when you place it on there, it simply becomes kindling for the kingdom. Come on. It simply becomes kindling for the kingdom. Because the reality is, is whatever I place in his hands, he sets on fire. Elijah didn't have to start the fire. The Lord did. Elijah didn't have to be like, oh, please, God of heaven. No, he reminded God who he was. You're the God of Abraham. You're the God of Isaac and the God of Israel. You're the God of Happy and Dial Layman. You're the God of Julian Mike Yoder. You're the, you're the God of Ronnie. You're the God of Daniel. I just have to tell him which God he is and be like, I need fire. This is what I love about the Lord. Anything you place on the altar he sets on fire. Pornography addiction, place it on the altar, watch what happens. Debt, place it on the altar, watch what happens. A broken marriage, place it on the altar, watch what happens. It's the fire of the Lord that turned a nation to say, truly this is the Lord. Some of you might have 450 people in your job that are worshiping another God, but all he needs is one, just you. All the Lord needs is one in your job. He needs you to say, Lord, set me on fire. We are now becoming a generation, a multi-generational move that is on fire. That is on fire. We can't pretend like we don't know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. We have to place it all on the altar. I love this story. It's one of my favorite stories, to be honest. But it wasn't enough for me. I said, Lord, I need one that proves today that you still do this. Because I'm not the guy that's like, hype, hype, hype. I mean, I am a kind of a hype guy, but like, I'm not the guy that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I need proof. I need proof you're still doing this if I'm going to talk about it. So a few weeks ago, April 11th, <clears throat> I'm in worship and I'm just like, Lord, you're awesome, magnifying who he is. And I just feel the Lord say, I need you to pray for the girl behind you. So I kind of do one of these, making sure, you know, coast is clear, we're good. And I was like, okay. <clears throat> I find out, she, they're good friends of ours now, but I find out, I was like dancing and kind of getting like lit, and she was like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> and so I said, okay. So I turn around. I said, hey, I feel fear coming from you. May I pray for you? And Let's just be honest. We all want when you ask someone to pray for them, for it to be like a headache, right? Like, <laughs> like, you're like I can pray for a headache. That's awesome. Headache, go, you know, kind of a thing. <laughs> but her response was, yes, we can have prayer. Just found out that um, my heart is failing and I'm pregnant. Uh, you got the right guy, God? <laughs> you sure? And so we pray. I wish I could say I had an elaborate prayer. 
But I just asked if I could pray for her, and I, I said, heart, in the name of Jesus, regenerate. In the name of Jesus, become whole. In the name of Jesus, go back to the original design. I rebuke the spirit of death. So we pray, and they were, we were all crying at this point, and I'm like, okay, I did my part, Lord. My wife ended up praying for them at Holy Spirit night, actually. Um, we didn't even talk that day. We didn't even have a chance when she prayed for them and spoke resurrection life over her heart as well. And so weeks passed by, and the same girl named Brittany comes up to my wife and goes, you're not going to believe what happened. And I wasn't there at the time. I was home with our kids, and I was on a midsize, which if you don't go to midsizes, you should. Online, you should be at midsize. I'm kidding. Um, but like, she came and she said, hey, I just want to let you know my heart has regenerated 83%. And so Kirsten calls me. I got a baby crying. I'm like, <laughs> you know, the whole nine. And I'm like, man, Jesus, you're so good. But I said, Lord, that's not enough for me. And I felt like they said, what do you want? I said, I want the world to testify Amen. that she's fine. Amen. And he's like, all right. So we tried filming their testimony, and the enemies just been atta- uh, just attacking them. Like, they, they literally upset hell, to be honest. <laughs> they both were addicted to drugs. They both had serious issues going on. They came back about a year ago and said, Jesus, here I am. And this was his response. And so I said, Nate, is there any way we can get a doctor's note or something? And he goes, yeah, bro, we're going to get one. And if you know him, he's fired. He's like, yeah, bro, we're getting one. Like, gassed up. So if you guys could just look at the uh, screen. It's letter one. I am pleased to inform you that the results of your laboratory test below have been received by your provider and all, and all are considered to be appropriate range for your condition unless otherwise indicated. What her, her issue was was that your heart pumps out blood 55 to 60%. Hers was at 30. So they said, if you have this baby, you will probably die. Her heart was not strong enough to actually give birth. They actually said it might be a good option to abort the baby. But no, they said, God, here I am, everything Everything that I am, here it is. Man, I didn't get this emotional during first service, but just looking at them, oh my gosh. Okay, Jesus, let's finish this. Okay, I want you to go to the next one. This is a handwritten letter from the doctor, from their cardiologist. It says, at this point, I do not think that the patient has any cardiac condition. She is a healthy pregnant woman, and I do not think that will be any complication related to her delivery. We didn't pray a specific prayer. We just knew a specific God. So can we all stand? Worship team, you can come up. Are you guys ready to see something cool? Why don't you look over here? Here's the woman, and Nate and Brittany right here. Completely healed. You see, we can deny a doctor's note, but you can't deny the face of a couple who's having their son. You can't deny that. So I believe my challenge for you during worship, genuinely, I just had this at our pastor's retreat. I brought it all. Mike prayed for me. I get rocked. I said, Lord, here's everything I've said I, disqualifies me. Here's every hidden thing that I have. 
Here's every piece of my marriage that I don't think I'm adequate in, every piece of my fathering that I don't feel like I'm good in, every piece of my youth pastoring that I don't feel good in, I brought them all to him in buckets of water and said, Lord, I'm dumping them on my life. You see, when you put something on the altar, it becomes kindling. It means it will not go out. All you have to do is place it on the altar of your life. She can have a baby without any fear. You can't tell me that God needs a perfect person to send his fire. He just needs an available one. So in worship, Kyle could literally sing the phone book and we'd find God. But in worship, in worship, I want you to praise him. It says he inhabits the praises of his people. So inhabitation is coming to dwell and live in. So when we worship him, he's going to come down. And I want you to have your buckets ready. Say, Lord, here it all is. So Holy Spirit, come. We thank you for today. I thank you for what you're doing right now on people. God, I can see your spirit literally just wrecking people right now. God, I feel marriage is being mended right now. I feel hearts of sons returning to hearts of fathers. I feel the hearts of daughters returning to the heart of a mother. Yes, yeah, so Holy Spirit, come. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Live Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.